A Minute of Civics is produced by WFHB in partnership with the League of Women Voters of Bloomington, Monroe County. Hello, I'm Betty Greenwell with the League of Women Voters of Bloomington, Monroe County, and I'm here today with Jim Allison, who's also with the League. Hi, Betty. Hi. Jim, you and I have talked before about gerrymandering, where dominant parties adjust their district lines to secure more than their fair share of the seats in Congress or the state legislature. I wonder what our state and federal courts can do about it. It's not likely that the state legislators would correct a situation they've created to give themselves an advantage. You're so right about that. But the courts could do a lot. Start at the top with the Supreme Court of the United States. The Supreme Court has dealt with gerrymandering before, most recently with gerrymandering in Wisconsin, where one party ended up with a much bigger share of the seats in the state legislature than its share of the popular vote would have warranted. This was a clear subversion of the representative government on which this nation was founded. And what happened there? Well, the plaintiffs thought they had a strong constitutional argument based on the 14th Amendment, due process and equal protection. In effect, they were saying, the gerrymander devalues my vote without my permission. Well, that sounds like a reasonable argument to me. Me too, but the court did not agree. By a 7-2 vote, the court sent the plaintiffs back home without even considering the constitutional merits of their argument. Why would they do that? Well, there's a technicality called lack of standing, lack of enough injury to justify a lawsuit. In effect, the court said to the plaintiffs, you are asking us to order a redistricting of the whole state of Wisconsin, but all you gave us in court was one witness who claimed injury, and he said the gerrymander had so devalued his vote that he no longer bothered to vote. But all is not lost. If you return with evidence of widespread injury in district after district, We'll probably admit standing and hear your case on its constitutional merits. Actually, that sounds pretty promising. It does. Do you think the plaintiffs will try again? I do, and I think the court will agree to hear their case again. But what about the new composition of the Supreme Court? Who knows whether the new court will decide in favor of the Wisconsin plaintiffs or against them? Well, that's true. We'll just have to wait and see. But if the court does compel Wisconsin to reform, you can bet that other states will soon follow, including our state of Indiana. But what about state courts, like the Supreme Court of North Carolina? Well, like Wisconsin's Supreme Court, North Carolina's Supreme Court took a very dim view of its severely gerrymandered status. It even ordered reform before the November election. But legal delays have made it too late for that. Both sides are dug in now, and the outcome is uncertain. Well, if the courts are tied up, maybe it's up to the people. There's a proposal on the ballot in Michigan that will give voters there an opportunity to decide whether to replace their current redistricting system, which is dominated by the legislature, with a bipartisan redistricting commission that's completely independent of the legislature. Well, Betty, what can we do in Indiana? Here, we, the voters, can tell our legislators and our governor that we want reform, that we're willing to vote for a change, write them, phone them, email them, visit them in the state house your state house. Let them know that we want a fair districting process. Yes, and what we can strive for is a bipartisan redistricting commission independent of the legislature. If other states can have that, and many states do, why not us? That's right, and we can start making ourselves heard today as early voting in Indiana is underway. Let's get out and vote.
A Minute of Civics is produced by WFHB in partnership with the League of Women Voters of Bloomington-Monroe County.